playing it was in the very beginning in the opening scripture in the Bible it said and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the earth it takes the moving of God's Spirit the being that he is the great God to move on us to really bring life and we're inviting him this morning and in order for that to happen our spirits need to be open they need to be compatible they need to be in a place where, Lord, wherever you lead, we're giving the service to you and we're inviting you. So I, I just ask you all, prepare your hearts and now let's, as we pray, invite them. Invite them to your pew. Invite them to your heart and just ask, Lord, move in our service this morning. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we're human beings. We we all have our humanity. We all have our thinking. We all have our, what we are. But Lord, we also have a little part that's been opened, that we're here this morning. And Father, we're inviting you, that Holy Spirit, to come in our midst. Lord, we're asking that you'll forgive us of our sins, where we come short, where we may have said or done wrong or grieved you. Lord, would you just forgive us and Lord look past those things this morning and Father we invite you we invite your spirit to come into this service Lord may it move may it, be, may it go beyond just what a man could say and what our ears could hear but Lord may you make the impression may you make it real Father Lord we're here this morning we ask you'll take the word you'll take the scriptures you'll breathe life into them and Lord, that you will make them, that we ourselves can be a living epistle, known and read of all men. Grant it this morning, Lord, wherever your people are gathered this morning, across the land, may the Spirit of God be prevalent, Lord. Wherever they are in special meetings, in regular services, maybe some out in a campsite, maybe some somewhere. But, oh God, be near your people, we ask. And we invite you into this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you're standing, I'll invite you to go to the book of Job, chapter 32. We're going to turn to three places in the scripture. Job, chapter 32. We'll just read a couple of verses out of each one. Job 32. This has been a scripture that has just been on my heart a little bit and maybe in a channel of thought. But I'm going to just take it again. Job 32, and remember, uh, this is uh, Elihu, who Job had three comforters, and they're referred to as miserable comforters, but now here comes this fourth one called Elihu, which is a type of Christ. And he's younger than all the rest, he's remained quiet, but now he's speaking. 
And, and as he introduces himself, he says some wonderful things here, but let's just read. He says in verse 7, days should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. In other words, if that was the case, I shouldn't be speaking. But then he says this in verse 8, but there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. So beyond natural learning, beyond what experience would teach you, there's a spirit of God that can bring a reality that's beyond all of those things. Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 1. We will just pick up in verse 20. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. I may have wrote those wrong. I apologize if I did. Second um, Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. We could spend time on that, but let's just move a step further. Verse 21. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man... But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It wasn't the man speaking. It was God speaking through the man. In the book of Acts, it wasn't the holy church. It was the holy God in the church. And it's the same God today. Last one is Revelations 3, verse 20. Revelations 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door. I'm going to just interject some things right away. Behold, I stand at the door. He stands at your heart. And I knock. The knock is a voice. And he says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. In other words, I will reveal things to him. I will show myself to him. There'll be an intimacy that goes beyond just learning. And he says, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Now this is amazing. No other age was offered this but this age. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Last verse 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'm going to follow up a little from Wednesday, but maybe with a thought of where I'd kind of gone in a little bit of a direction of possessing your spirit. But I want to speak on, with an emphasis on the voice of God by way of the spirit, and I'll just entitle it, What the Spirit Saith. What the Spirit Saith. I'm going to just start, if I can, go back to the book of Job. We were in, in Job 32, but I'm going to go directly to Job 33. I'm just going to try and just stay focused, bring what God laid on my heart, and let you out. How does that sound? Let God do the rest. 
Job 33, verse 1. Now, this is Elihu going further. I'm going to actually back up, if I can, Sister Ruth, to, to um, uh, the latter part of, of chapter 32 and in verse 17. Now, here, he, this is Elihu after he'd saying, there's a spirit in man, the inspiration giveth understanding. Verse 17, he would say, I will answer also my part. I will also show my own mine, mine opinion. Now you'll see after it wasn't just his opinion. Paul would speak to the church and he says, I say this, uh, not, not the Lord. I say this, but then at the end Paul says, but I have the Spirit of God. <laughs> so, you know, there, there has to be a coming together. So now here Elihu is saying, I, I will show you my opinion. I, I'd rather have... Brother Branham's opinion on things, people may say, well, that was Brother Branham. You know, you can minimize that if you wish, but I'll say this, I'd rather listen to a man's opinion that was close with God than I would others. And so I, I, I'm just moving right into it here. He says, I am full of the matter. The spirit within me constraineth me. So something was bursting within him. My belly is as wine which hath no vent. It's ready to burst like new bottles. I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. So I, I mean a minister needs to do that. But if you're here and you got the spirit of God, something in you has got to come out too. There's something that says, yeah, that's right, Brother Ed. I, I appreciate that. And whether you nod or whether you're open or vocal or whatever you are, raise your hand. Allow God to move. Allow the Spirit of God to be in our midst. And he would say, let me not. Now, I, I appreciate this, this approach means a lot to me. Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person Neither let me give flattering titles unto a man. For I know not to give flattering titles. In so doing, my maker would soon take me away. Oh, we ought to learn something from that. This is not about elevating a man and I, I'm going to sit under that man's ministry because he's the man of the hour. That man is nothing except God would move through that man. And I'll say this, you lift up a man too much, God will let that man fall. Now, if you actually listen to the quote, he'll let that man fall in your eyes. <laughs> we always got to give God first place. This service, we give God first place. We don't, we, we, God uses man, God uses these things, but it's God that's working. He's the one that's got the preeminence. Don't give him flattering titles. In doing so, my maker would soon take me away. Now right into verse chapter 33. Wherefore, Job, I pray thee, hear my speeches and hearken to all my words. Behold, I have opened my mouth. My tongue has spoken in my mouth. My words shall be the, of the uprightness of my heart, and my lips shall utter knowledge clearly. He says this, the Spirit of God has made me, the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Now, now I, I, I love that. You can be refreshed by the Word of God. You can be refreshed by that Spirit that breathes life into it, and it breathes life into us. 
He, he, I, there's much he could read, and, and, and if you wish, you can take a little time with this later. But drop with me down to verse 14. Now, he's, he's speaking. Now, remember, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. So it happened before Moses was ever there. Even though uh, Moses wrote the first five books, but Job is the oldest book. So it was there before the law was there. It was there before all these other things were there. And so uh, it was God who would have to make himself known. Okay, let me, let me, let me read this. I'm going to have to come back to some of what I want to come back but God was not always visible or apparent in his speaking. So, so here Elihu would say this in verse 14. For God speaks once, yea, twice, yet man perceives it not. When I, when I come to a service, uh, whoever it is that's speaking, you know, in our mind we can say, okay, he's going to go down that road, he's going to do that. Well, that, I can't help that. We're all human. And, and you're all the same way. And, and you've all got your ways and I got my ways. But in the middle of it, we want to see God moving in this. So he says, now, I, when I come to a service, I say, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to know you. I, I want you to minister to me. And, and you know, you may, you may think this isn't the subject I expected today or I wanted today. But you keep pulling and God will put, bring it to your level. He's that personal a God. He's that real of a God. So he says, yet man perceives it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, then he opens the ears of man and seals their instruction. Now, it's interesting that he would refer to this because there, there is what's called a subconscious that we have. And sometimes our subconscious is blocked to us. But our subconscious is really the control tower that drives us. That's the spot that God wants to get a hold of, not just our outward motions, but it's our subconscious level. It's where faith operates. The man in the control tower is God, and we want God to be there, but sometimes there's so many things that we have, complexes and ideas and, and our thinking, and it gets in the way of what God wants to do. So sometimes God has to bring us out of all of those things into a place where we're relaxed. You know, this world is so against God being able to move freely into the human channel. There are so many distractions. There are so many things, devices and, and duties and things. It's really hard to hear the voice of God. To hear it where it makes a difference. And yet God is saying, now in a, in a dream, sometimes I find when I can get relaxed, you know, I can put all the pressure, this is me getting ready for a service, I got to do this and I want to do this, but when I can relax, and Brother Bannon would talk, he'd say, himself, he would go out into the woods and he would just get quiet, he would allow his spirit to get quiet. And he says, and he'd be there under a tree, and he'd be meditating. And then he says the Spirit of God would come in something like one plus one equals two, one plus one equals two, two plus two equals, and it would start coming faster, faster, faster. And then he would know God was there. And then he said it would break into a vision. Now, I don't break into a vision, but, but I, I, things that happens, and God speaks, and, and we all need that channel. Now, let, let me read what, what Brother Branham would say about Job 
and, and he would talk about Job and he would say, Job didn't have all the things that we have. Job had to find God in a, in a different way. He had to find a channel. And that channel, and if I can pick it up here. Oh, my, my, my. Job's channel. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. In I have heard, but now I see. One of the last messages Brother Branham said, spoke. He had a channel of communication that he got by inspiration. He had a way of moving himself out and letting God move in. Friends, our faith and our confidence ought not to be in, 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 in the man and in the ability the man has and maybe how he can orate or maybe how he can speak or maybe he's got experience. But our faith ought to be that that man is yielded to God. Our faith ought to be that we're not just hearing a man's opinion. And I, and I would say, and I would say our faith is in Brother Bradham that it was not a man from Kentucky. It was not just a man who had a gift. It was a man that God had ordained who was neutral to himself but allowed God to come in. And so much so, he says, that wasn't me that appeared down at the river there. That was God that appeared. That was not a man. That was the manifestation of the Son of Man. You're not feeding on the words of a man. You're feeding on the unfailing body word of God. That's our confidence. And I... I, I we need to maintain that purity, whether it's the minister who studies. And, and listen, we all form opinions. We all come, we're at different stages in our walk. But the last thing we want to do is put our opinion down as an absolute. That just bottles up the Spirit of God. I'll, I'll do the very best I can with where I'm at to not speak what Brother Ed is, but to speak what God has laid on my heart. And that ought to be our confidence. That's why sometimes we play a tape just to remember we're under a vision. We're under a voice. We're not under just one man. We're under, we're under the voice of God through the seventh angel, through a many-membered body. That's who's leading the bride today. So he said Job had this channel. It was a gift. It was a channel that God had opened to him. Job was a prophet in his day. The only thing God did to Job, he gave him wisdom and his word and inspiration, but there came a time when he couldn't get no inspiration. There's more I could read here. Let me, let me leave some of this for a bit. So here is Job, he's saying, he opens the ears of man, verse 16, he seals their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. God knows how to reveal things to us when we are at an ability to receive it and not do damage with it. They had in the old, in the old shipping days, they had, they, the ships would get attacked by pirates and they, they would put cannons on the ship and the cannons were there to, to fire at the enemy but those cannons, they were tied down, and in a storm, if that cannon got loose and it began to move across the ship, it would run across the deck, it would cause great damage. And that's what the phrase, loose cannon, came from. 
And, and sometimes we can be a loose cannon with this message. And I say, God, keep a guard on our mouth, keep a guard on our spirit, that we would, we would be Christ to a generation. Not that we would be knowledge-infused people to look, I know more than you do. That, that we would be, you know, you're, you're, you, we, we operate up here, the rest of the world's down here. No, we need to be Christ to the generation. That takes the Spirit of God to be able to do that. And the higher you go, the more of God you need to be operating effectively. So, let me, let me, I finished with that. So, to perceive. So, so here he uses this word um, that God speaks once, not twice, but man perceives it not. Brother Brandon made a statement in 1964, and he says, I'm working not, not that we would, we, we would uh, just have a revival, but I'm working that we may recognize the presence of God. And, and you can come to church, and we can come, and we can, it, the voice of the man that's up here, whoever it may be, can become common. And it's just that. It's just that voice of a man. The, the church, the members become common. And, and yet, we need to be diligent to say, Lord, let me perceive what you're saying. You know, I, you know Brother Ed's on that, or, or so-and-so's on that. And, 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 and you say, but Lord, what are you saying? And, and I think it's important. So to perceive means to become aware or conscious, to come to, realize, or understand. So everybody has a different season that God makes himself real at. Every service is different. God will make himself real to one in one way, to another in another way. And, and they'll say, did you hear that? Did you hear how God spoke that? That wasn't the man, that was God that was doing that. And, and no matter what we speak, sometimes you say something and it just erupts. You say, what did I say? I, I wish I could find that channel all the time. But that's God, he's sovereign. There's other times I speak and it's just going off and it's dropping right here. And I go, man, another one of those. That happens. But you know what? God is sovereign. He, he, he knows how to do it. So it says to interpret or to look on something in a particular way. I, I would always, I, I, I'm so grateful for the years. My, uh, Sandy and I were just talking, we were driving, just coming back from Saskatchewan, and we're saying over the years just how God had, had, had a pastoral ministry, Brother Harold, and, and over the years, you know, I, I'd say, why is he laboring on that, and why is he laboring on it? Well, it wasn't just him, it was God laboring through him. And we're grateful that, he, that he, he had, Brother Harold had a unique ability to take certain phrases, certain things, and just plant them down, and then you could build around that. And I, I said, I'm grateful for that because it allowed me to see the message in a correct way, or in a more balanced way. And, and I, I, I would say, you know, a lot of people can come in to the message, and it can be... When I'm against government, and I see this message is against a lot of things, therefore I can believe this. Because that's against government. And that's, that's not what this message is. This message isn't about being against things. Yeah, it's not. That's part of it. Uh, uh, the established way of the world is it's not God's way. 
politics and where they're going, this country, other countries, where they're going. That's not the way of God anymore. But this message is also the love of God. This message is also holy living. This message is a lot of other things. And this message is, if, if, I, if, I could, if we could really put it into the perspective. We, we, we took Revelations chapter 3, verse to the last age. But every age concluded with, let him hear what the Spirit saith the churches. So we want to hear what the Spirit is saying. And then it comes to the last age. And I'll, I'll come to this in a little bit. But this is God's voice to a generation. It's God breathing life into a people again. Let's, let's move on. So to interpret or to look on something in a particular way. You know, the, the past age we came out was very Pentecostal. And so we can say, I'll take the message for its Pentecostal part. And, you know, whatever side we're on, you know, we, we can come from an intellectual part. And you can take it for that. But the whole counsel of God has to be prevalent in our life. So to perceive, let me, let me, let's drop to this into John chapter 4. John chapter 4, I, it's a familiar part to us. Brother Branham was one of the most referred scriptures that he went to was John chapter 4. It's the woman at the well and uh, how Jesus came. And I, I won't read all of this. I'm going to come to a couple parts. But really there was three pulls here. One, the woman. I'm, I'm just going to take what the woman recognized and what God was doing. So the woman, first of all, recognized. So God... Jesus came to the well, sent his disciples away, knowing that that woman was there. And he sent her there, and the first thing she recognized, that, and she had to come at a different hour than all the other women, because the other women, this was the hour when the ill-famed could come. And Jesus knew that, and he went to the well at that hour. And he went to where you were, where at your place, and where you were living. And he went to you, and he came to you. So he comes to her, and she recognized, hey, this guy's a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. That was the first thing that she came to. So she understands in her flesh, in her first pull, he's a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. So uh, she, she does that, so Jesus begins to speak to her. Just go back to verse 15, if you can, Sister Ruth. And, and he, he just begins to speak about water, not just natural water, but he's speaking about that he's got water to give her. And so then he says this in verse 16, Jesus said unto her, call your husband and come hither. Now, this seemed to interrupt everything, but Jesus was going to her spirit he was contacting her spirit. Now you watch God in a service. You watch, let him come down to our address. Now, Brother Random would say sometimes in a meeting, he says, Satan knows he's going to be exposed. And people without realizing it, their spirit begins to on guard. Because that spirit's working there. But God wants to expose that devil. And we need to say, Lord, 
Whatever's wrong in my life, I want you to move and to take that away. I, I, I want to be open, Lord. I don't want to give the devil no room. So this is in a spirit level. This is not about arguments and words and, you know, and, and entrenching, but we've got to let down the walls in order for God to come. So he says, call your husband. Now he's, he's going right to where she's at. And, he, and, and the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you've well said you had no husband. Thou hast five husbands, and he who you said is not your husband, you said that truthfully. The woman, after that, like she's saying, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. She's no longer saying, this is a Jew and Samaritan. This is now on a higher level. Now, I perceive that you are a prophet. And then she begins to, to drop into a little bit of a religious realm. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say, now this is obvious she heard this somewhere before, you say Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Oh my, if I could just stop here for a moment. You've heard in the message, and they say, you've got to listen to this doctrine. You've got to listen to this but I'll say this, God goes through past all those things. He'll meet you with an open, honest heart, wherever you are. So it's not just, it's, we, we, we can just say, well, I, I got to come. There, there's people I know that have left the message and the pastor that they're under. They're so wrapped up under that pastor. They say, the only way I can come back to Christ is through that man. Because there's such a control. Friends, you need to come to Christ and Christ alone. That, that's the place we need to come to. So he says, and Jesus, now she said, Jerusalem is the place. Jesus says, woman, believe me, the hour's coming when you, don't worship at, you won't worship in the mountain or Jerusalem. You'll worship the Father. You don't know what you worship. The hour comes in verse 23, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit. He's a Holy Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman says, I know when the Messiah comes, he, when he, which is called the Christ, when he comes, he'll tell us these things. And Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. Now, I, I don't know what happened right about there, but something opened to her that went beyond just the spirit realm, but in the message, future home, Brother Branham goes, there was a seed in her. There was something in her. And that, but it had to come through the spirit realm. It had to be opened. The walls had to be taken off. And when that opened up, then there was a release. Then there was something and say, this is not just a prophet. This is the Messiah. This is the God who promised he'd come at this time. I was just away a week, and while I was away, I just, I love being away just to clear your mind, and Brother Brandon would talk how he liked to get in the mountains, and it wasn't just to hunt, or wasn't, but it was just to clear his mind, and, and I, as I was away, I was burdened by a couple situations, and I'd listen to our Sunday night service, streamed in on it. 
Brother John had finished speaking, and then I was just dealing with a subject. Someone had sent some notes, and, and, and I, as I was just dealing back, I realized the spirit, and I said, this is not the time, this is a spiritual battle. And I said, I, I, I've got to, the spirit's got to be right. And I, I just, I penned some thoughts and some notes, and, and the next morning I got up early and went for a coffee, and then I went out. It was cold, cold for June, cold for July. I put the fireplace on this morning, folks. I was, I was, we had the windows open. It said five degrees this morning. I go, wow. Some of you thought, when's summer coming? I'm asking the same question. I've lived here all my life, so... But I, I, here it was cold that morning. It was rainy. It was almost borderline snow. And I come up to a little lake that I like to go and commune. And, and I, I just felt like, I said, Lord. And I, and I just said, Lord, I, I, this is on my heart. And, and I'm, I just start, got out. And by the time I walked from my car 200 yards to the lake, it was like things had stopped. And there was a little bit of sun poking through. And the lake was calm. And I walked halfway around the lake. And it was all of a sudden I just realized God is here. It, it, was, it was not that I worked my way, but he was there. And he wanted to come. And he wanted to work on the earth. And, and I wanted to be open to allow him to work. But I couldn't do that in my human spirit. I had to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. As I'm walking there and I started praying, I said, Lord, I know you're here. You're the creator of the mountains. You're hearing my voice. And it was, now it was just all of a sudden, it wasn't, oh, if he only could hear me. No, I knew. And from that moment, I could speak. And I just went into prayer. And I just started calling on God for a couple situations. And I had no sooner, I was just off on the side in a place, and I no sooner had got up from prayer when I got a text back from one of the people I was praying for. And it the whole spirit had changed. Friends, this is a spirit battle. This is not just words jostling and doing this. This, the Holy Spirit. We, if we operate in our human spirit, we will make mistakes. Brother Branham would say there was a big difference between David and David in the spirit. There's a big difference between Brother Ed and Brother Ed in the spirit. And you put your name there as well. I say this, let our vessels be open that he can flow through us and work through us. Now, this woman, just, just look at how, if you really examine this from this perspective, God's saying, there's a city down there, and it's in Samaria, and I need to, I got people in that city. And those people that are in that city I need to get the word to them. How am I going to do it? And he looks and he says, there's one woman. She's ill-famed. She's known in all the city. She's going to come to the well. I'm going to come to the well at that time. I'm going to go beyond the outside crust. I'm going to go down to this level. I'm going to penetrate. This woman was, had come there to fill her water pot, but she left her water pot. She, she, didn't have, she didn't know any of that. And she immediately after this, she went down to the city. And the scripture would say, it actually says in verse 19, it, 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 
She says, I perceive you're a prophet. That was the first revelation. Then in verse 25, she goes down, I know that you're the Christ. Then down into verse 30, she says, oh no, verse 29, come see a man which told me all that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Now, it was God using a vessel that caught what the Spirit was saying, but now not only catching it, but speaking it. And, and friends, we're here to catch it. And if you catch it, you're entitled to speak it. So she caught it. And she says now, and she says, come see a man which told me all the things I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Now, this testimony was so, so much so. Verse 30, then they went out of the city and came to him. Now look at, look at what God was doing. He needed a vessel to speak. But it needed to hear first. And it wasn't by learning. It wasn't by religion. It was by the Spirit of God coming to them. He's the same God today. He's the same God in our homes. He's the same God with our children. He's the same God in our service. We need to, as I said on Wednesday, we need to go a little deeper than the surface. We need to go to a level to which God can meet with other people. Listen to the rest of this testimony. She goes on to say in verse 39, sorry, the Bible says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified he told me all that I ever did. Now listen here. So that got the ball rolling. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Now, this same Jesus comes to our services. This same Jesus, I, I just watched this. I was just in a service in Saskatchewan. You can't say, well, it was like one of those uproaring services. But the service concluded. A few people came to the altar. And this is the same Jesus, the same Jesus who walked the road to Emmaus. He walked, and he made himself known. And after making himself known, the scripture says, he went on as though he had more business to do. And you know what? He'll go on. But the question is, are you willing to persuade him to stay? And sometimes in this busy world, okay, it's time. This service is over. We got to exit. We got, and I understand that. But there's times when he wants to do more if we call him. Now remember, this woman was used of him, but what about him? So I, I just use this example because I just watched. And in this service, there's a few people at the altar. They sang a few songs. I, I was getting a little tired. I thought, it's been a long day. I've been fellowshipping. And do, I said, but I'm just going to stay here for those people, for the Spirit of God. And I began to raise my hands. 
And I began to let my flesh move out of the way. And I said, Lord, I'm here for you. Maybe this service isn't for me, but maybe it's for someone else. And Lord, would you keep coming? The service went another two hours. And it was singing, and it was worshiping, and it was like waves would come in. Not, not like big thunderous things, but other people started to come. Other people went to the altar. Friends, the Spirit of God, if we can be sensitive to it, it's here in every service. Not every service has to be like that, but sometimes he needs to come to your door and you need to invite him. Oh, the service is over, it's done this, but invite him. And whether that happens here or it happens at home, he's the same, but he's a gentleman. He'll come where he's invited. I'm just, just using it. So he abode there two more days. Verse 41, it says, and many more believed. After two more days, many more believed. Oh, why are you lingering? Why is this happening? Listen, our flesh, you know, the devil, he, he'll anoint us. We're so conditioned. Ah. That's why I let you out 15 minutes early on Wednesday. You didn't think I could do it. I did. But I say this, there's times for that, that I need to be more conscious, but there's times we also need to be conscious, Lord, this is my time to worship. This is my time to do this. And he says, many more believed, and he said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves. And we know that this is the Christ. Indeed, the Christ, the Savior of the world. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ezekiel chapter 36. Let's move along. Ezekiel 36. Verse 24. This is... I hate saying it's familiar because to our natural ears it's familiar. But the word of God is infinite. It goes on forever. So there's another part that we've never really known it as we've known it now. Verse 24, For I will take you from among the heathen. I'll gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Verse 26, a new heart also will I give you. Now just let's stop there. A new heart will I give you. Sometimes you get into a heated argument with someone. That is not the time to, to get out the swords and say, that's the way I see it. That's, that, that profits no one. In fact, it, it causes your own spirit to be riled up and it causes the other one to be riled up and it entrenches things more. But when a person's spirit can be subdued, whether it's our own or the other person's, then there's a time to approach things. Sometimes you just need to as Brother Burley said, sometimes he, he comes home and he says, sometimes I just need to go and walk in the backyard for a while. And when I'm come to myself, then I can come in and, hello, family. <laughs> I think there's, we need to allow our spirit. This is the battleground. Satan knows 
That, you know, God wants to portray himself, but it's through our spirit that we show who he is. But we need to keep our spirit clean. We need to keep it refreshed. We need to keep it not bound up. Listen, are, are you here this morning? <laughs> hey, you want to know the way, good way to get your spirit riled up? Watch questions and answers in our, in our Canadian government. That'll get your spirit riled up. <laughs> you want to know how you get your spirit riled up? Just follow some of these militant sites and take us charge. But listen, what about letting God do it? Before you do it, why not let God do it? God who spoke to David. David said, Lord, shall I fight against the Philistines? And he'd say, wait in the mulberry tree. And when you hear the sound of a wind that's going through, then you go. Because then I'm with you. The same God that was with Paul when a demon-possessed woman was coming at Paul and, and, and railing at him with words and with different things. And, and Paul, you know, no doubt in his, as Brother Branham would call him, a hook-nosed Jew, no doubt in his Jewish state and nature, I, 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 I could curse that woman right now. And he says, no, he, I'll hold my peace. I'll hold my peace. And one day the scripture says, the spirit gave him leave to speak. And when he spoke, then it was God doing it, not Paul doing it. You, you pick this up with the prophet, with Brother Branham. He says, he's talking about somebody with their doctrinal argument. He says, well, I could twist that person around with such and such and such. And he says, whoa, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't the right spirit, he said. Oh, I love a prophet that is like that. And I say that's an example for you and I. Listen, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's the way we do it. Well, it's just the spirit. No, there's substance to our words. But we need the spirit of God to operate it properly. So he says, a new heart will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. So, now this is not the Holy Spirit yet. Brother Branham would take pains on this. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put with you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Oh, friends, we all get our hearts hardened we all, ministers, no matter who you are, you need to get down and dig down and say, Lord, let the word be fresh again. Let your spirit move me. Let me be sensitive to you. Let me be bold for you. Let me be all these things. But Lord, give me a heart like your heart. And he says in verse 27, now and conjunction. After that spirit, so that spirit that he first gave you, it's just enough to make you sit in a pew and listen. It's just to make you enough not to sit there with your arms crossed, impress me. No, a new spirit will say, okay, I'm here, I'm listening, and now God wants to go a step further, like the woman at the well. He wants to go a step further, and he says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. See, now, now this is another level higher. 
This is God coming in. I'm going to use you like I used that woman at the well. You're going to win souls, but it's not you. It's God working in ye. It's God working. Oh, friends, the token when it's applied. Brother Ram says, how do you apply it? Create an atmosphere around you. He says, pray. Carry that with you. And he says, your loved ones will drop into it. They're not dropping into you, but it's the atmosphere of Christ around you. That's the drawing power. That's the greatest attraction that there is. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you what, Christianity is so much more than show up at church on Sunday or Wednesday. Or, or Christianity is an everyday life. Oh God, I'm here this morning. Friends, we left yesterday morning and we said, Lord, where are we going to drive back? And, but Lord, we, we'd like to stop somewhere along the way. And, and you know, the forecast was clouds and rain. And we stopped somewhere and the sun came out. And it was just the right place to stop. And hardly anybody there. It was at a little lakeside. And just went out in the water a little bit. And out there for an hour or two. And by the time we were leaving, there was people coming from everywhere. And I said, Lord, thank you. Perfect timing. Amen. You know what? All of a sudden, you hear, smell some smoke and hear some music, and uh, you see some things you wish you wouldn't have seen. And, and, you know, a little bit of sun doesn't take much for, you know, people to dress, they dress. But, you know what? We left in time, and we went, and we listened to a service, and, and it was just God. And it, you know, God's in every little detail of our lives. If we let Him. But we don't recognize it sometimes. And he's a gentle Jesus. But if we open up to him, if we're sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, he can do so much more. Job, he says, he needed a channel of inspiration. He had, to, it, he had it open. He had a channel to communicate with God by inspiration. He had a way of moving himself out and letting the word of God move in. Notice how. He says, they knew he had spoke the truth. Brother Branham would say, now it's revealed to you God's promise, the inspiration. It struck you. The only thing you need to do is open, have an open heart. When the mechanics are ready, let the inspiration drop in. Let's move along here. The enemy works in so many ways to try to, to, to dissuade us. Let me, let, me, let's, let me take just a step back. This is the second season of the brothers with the podcast. So Brother Andrew, Brother Max, Brother John, Brother Tito, Brother Ethan, they invited a guest speaker this, this last year, this last season. Guy, the name of Brother Ed, we spoke some things. I'll tell you what, it was a blessing to me. And what we were working towards, this podcast goes, it's heard in, in Spain, it's, it's heard in the Far East, it's heard in the USA, it's heard locally. I, I don't know who the people listen to it are. Brother Andrew shared with me and he said, some people, the, the minute it comes out, they're listening right away in Spain. I, I don't know what God's doing, but we're, we're throwing it out there. So, We'd come out and you're trying to attract, you're trying to draw in. You know, you're not preaching, if you don't see serpent seed and if you don't get this, no, you're trying to attract them. Where, reach them where they're at. And you know, we've just seen in the world today that there's more of a, of a, of a 
let's call it an online world. People are looking for things. Say, well, they're getting a lot of things that they shouldn't, but let's give them something that they could benefit from. So, so we've, we went into a channel of how does God speak? And, and we, we started, actually, it was, it was ironic. We took one of our services, and, and where, where it says in the book of John, there's many spirits gone into the world, many false prophets gone into the world. But if there's a false, there's got to be a real. And we started down that channel. How does God speak? Who is a prophet? What does a prophet do? I'll tell you what, it was just a blessing to us. We, we would be doing that, and then we'd start preaching it on our services. Brother Max did it. Brother Andrew, I did it. You know, it was a blessing. This is what we believe. The world needs to hear this. And to us, it's become common. But it's God's voice to us. Oh, we need to be appreciative of what we've been given and sent. So God's way of speaking. So let's just, let's just go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm, I'm going to use this just as a bit of a introduction. Just of going into this channel, God's way of speaking, contacting us. First Samuel chapter three, verse one. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. There was nothing that people could contact God with. They had Eli. Eli was older. He was a priest. His sons were not following in the way. And God knew that Israel needed to hear his voice. So look how God works. He starts with a woman named Hannah. He holds back her from childbearing. She comes to a place where she says, Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him to you. And God says, that's exactly what I want to do. And it just dropped into a channel. And Samuel was born. She, she had him now, in, in, brought him to the house of the Lord. And here's Samuel in Eli's house. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down his place, his eyes began to wax, that he could not dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, and now the Lord called Samuel, and he answered and said, Here am I. So he, he, he's a prophet. He's ordained for it. God's got it in his mind. He's going to be the voice of God to that people. But even Samuel didn't know what it was. Brother Branham didn't know what it was at age seven, that voice in a tree. He didn't know these visions. He didn't know these dreams. Neither did you and I know. It wasn't our intellect. It was God opening himself to us. And so he calls Eli, and Eli said, it wasn't me. Go lay down. I won't read all of this. And, and here it happened again. He said, you called me again. He said, no, I didn't. Go lay down. And now verse 7, and now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Now this is a prophet. The Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli. And he said, here am I, for thou didst call me. And now Eli perceives that the Lord had called the child. And he says, now Samuel, you go lay down, and when God speaks to you, you listen to what he says. And God spoke to, it says in verse 10, and the Lord spoke and called at other times, and Samuel said, speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, uh, this is a prophet. Now, none of us have stepped into that office, 
But we are in a season where God is speaking to us as a people. So now here is, here is Samuel. He hears the word of God. He lays there. And he was scared to show Eli the vision. But Eli comes and, and he tells him, you show it to me. Verse 18, and Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good. And verse, verse 19, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Now, I, I, I just, we, we, we could say that there's more here, but I, 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 this is a prophetic, and I'm going to go into a couple of quotations real quick here. But whatever we do, God established, God takes great pains to vindicate his servants. He vindicated the messenger of this age more than any other messenger on the face of the earth. Now, he didn't do that for a show. He didn't do that so we could rehearse and say, Brother Branham said, Brother Branham said, Brother... And we do say that. But he came that we would be conscious, take those words, and not let those words fall to the ground. That we would take those words, that we would hear what the Spirit saith. And that we would take it and embrace it. And we say, this is the word of the Lord. I, I, I was just looking in Romans chapter 4. I think it's in verse 17. But it's Abraham. He called those things. I, I remember how it was written. But it said, he called those things which were not as though they were. Now, if you actually take it, Abraham didn't. Abraham heard that from God. God told him, but Abraham spoke it. He believed it first, and he spoke it. He said, I'm going to have a child. And he kept saying it. And I, I said, this is the same for Abraham's seed today. I know what's going on in the world. I know what's happening. But God spoke to me, and God will prevail. God's word will be above every nation, every politician, every kingdom. There is a kingdom coming wherein righteousness shall dwell. And so I say, Laodicea, you got nothing on me. I say, whatever move is out there, I say, that's nothing. God spoke to me. And he spoke, and I'm going to hold on to it and embrace it. Abraham's, God's thinking and Abraham's became so unified, it was the same voice. It wasn't God, it wasn't Abraham anymore. It was God through Abraham. So much so that when God was going to destroy Sodom, he went to Abraham first. And he says, Abraham, I'm just going to let you know a secret. I'm going down to destroy them. And he started to go, and Abraham said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not going to destroy the whole place, are you? And, and it was Abraham's intercession that's, that brought even Lot out. Friends, we are in the same place. Hear what the Spirit saith. My, my, my. I'm, I'm, I've got I've to read this from, from the church age book. Brother Branham says, In every single age, he speaks to the messenger of Ephesus, of Smyrna, 
Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. He that hath an ear, singular, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Notice here that Jesus, by the Spirit, in every age, addresses himself to only one person relative to the word for that age. Only one messenger for each age has, receives what the Spirit says to that age. Now you go down this path with some people and their pride jumps at, what? God speaks to me too. Yeah, he does by way of the prophet. I, I, listen, God can speak to anybody, but the word that comes to an age, I'm under that. Yeah, he can speak to me for the little things in my life, but I'm under this. Now, Brother Adam would say, only one messenger receives what the Spirit says to that age. And that one messenger is the messenger to the true church. Now, I, I, I've been just looking at something in the Bible and I, about the two vines, and, and, and I'm gonna, I want to get to it in future services, but he says this now. He speaks for God by revelation to the churches. Now, listen to what he says, both true and false. There was Judah. Judah was the first to receive David as king because they were in the lineage that God was speaking to. Just, just hear me. I'll, I'll come to that. But he speaks to both two chur churches. So there's people, and I would say, just because you go under the title of message doesn't mean you're hearing it the correct way. Now, I'm not putting a heavy on anyone. I'm just saying, you can take the the quotations, the devil does it, and you can, you can use them. But I say this, to really apply them, we need the Spirit of God. Now, listen how he says it. Speaks to both church, true and false. The message is broadcast to all. Though it is broadcast to all, the message is received only by a certain qualified group in a certain way. Each individual in that group has the ability. Now, here's where it gets bigger than just one. Has the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying by way of the messenger. You know, this is a common thing. People would come into the services and say, He called me a chicken. I am fed up with that. I, I didn't hear that. He called me an eagle. Now, that's simple, but that's the truth. And whatever way we come in depends on what is in us, what God has endued within us. So he, he would say, they're not getting their private, own private revelation, but each one in the group, nor is a group getting their collective revelation, but each person individually is hearing and receiving what the messenger has already received from God. Oh, I think that's wonderful. I don't know about you, but I, I, I sometimes journey with Brother Branham on the messages as, as it's opening and it's this unfolding to him. And I look and I see a, a messenger. You say, well, he said that back there. But yeah, he was, it was opening. It was unfolding. And, and what was there was leading him to what was here, leading to what's ahead. And I say, there's times I feel like I'm on that same walk. Let, let, let me just, while I'm here, let me go at this for a, for a moment. Because this is, to some people, the thunders is a controversial thing. Because man has made it something controversial. 
But it's in the message. It's in the Bible. So I, I don't want to hear what man says about it. I want to hear what the Spirit says about it. And the Spirit, by way of the messenger, the brother, brother man would make it simple. He'd say, it's the voice of God that, that came to us when the seals were open. So there was something hidden in the Bible. Now, it was hidden, but it wasn't revealed. Because somebody said, well, Brother Branham, questions and answers. When those seals open, it'll be God adding something. He said, no, 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 no. He says, God won't add nothing. It's already been in the Bible, but it's been hidden. So he says, what is it? That's the voice of God. Now, he would actually go and say, it's the voice of God in the seals. And he says, the voice is what wakes the bride. It's not the persecution that's going to wake a foolish virgin in a tribulation. The voice wakes the bride now. The voice makes her ready. The voice causes her to put on the garments. It's a reality. Now, when lightning strikes, we, we have a, a window that's, that's open to the north. Storms come in from the west. It's open to the northwest. Sometimes lightning strikes, and it depends how far away you are from the lightning when the thunder reverberates. So the lightning could strike. There's times I hear a crack, an instant thunder. It happened the other night. We had, <laughs> I actually counted it. It was seven thunders. <laughs> Listen. It's not spiritualizing nothing. But, I, but it, and I thought, well, the thunders, the, the thunders thundered in 1963. Well, whatever it was. But remember, I wasn't there in 1963, but I was here in, in 2022. And maybe the reverberation of that thunder is just hitting me now. Maybe it's just being real. Maybe to the prophet it was real then. But it still thunders. It still shakes. It's not something back there. It's real. It's present. It's now. He will go on to say, let me, let me read it right out of a quote. That's the reason we don't have revivals like we're supposed to. We have denominational revivals, but we haven't had a real stirring. This is in the third seal. No, 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 sir. Don't think we've got revivals. Now, listen, listen to this. Just as we haven't. We've got millions and millions and millions of church members, but not a revival anywhere. Now, the bride hasn't had a revival yet. Now, there's ministers that jump on that and say, I'm bringing the bride's revival. No, we're not. God brings the revival. The seven thunders are the revival. Listen to the next part. There's been no revival. There's been no manifestation of God to stir the bride yet. See, we're looking for it. It will take those seven unknown thunders back there to wake her up. He will send it. Now watch, watch, watch. She was dead. I, I could go into Esther. I could go into different things, but 
Let me just, t- just to take this quote. This is in the third seal. So people say, okay, there's, there's been no revival. There's been no manifestation. There's been nothing to wake the bride up yet. Drop down to recognizing your day and message, 1964. And he said, what time is it, brother? What time is it? Everybody is complaining, ministers. Uh, he's talking about Brother Jack Moore, the herald of his coming. They hardly print anything that says fast pray, fast pray. How many reads it? We're going to have a great baking day. Pray, pray, pray. We're not too late. Why do they do that? They want a great awakening. They're crying, believing that they'll be awakened. They're good people. But now he says this. They have not recognized the awakening of the bride. So something happened that awoke the bride. Now, not everybody has come into the sound of the thunder from where they're at, but it is here. It's not going to be preached as it's this or this or this or some man's doctrine. It's going to be what the Spirit makes real to the individual. You can say, well, it's there, it's this and this, but I'll tell you what, it's as simple as when I was walking the other day and I knew God was hearing my prayer. I knew that the God of creation wanted to express himself through my prayer. Friends, he wants to express himself through a young person. He wants to express himself through a housewife. He wants to express himself through everyone. And you say, well, you know, that stuff, brother, I'll just put it off. It's in the message, friends. It's as much as in the message as dress standard is. It's as much as, 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 as being baptized is. It's as much as coming to church. And it's as much as all these other things. This is there. And, and you say, well, if revelation is beyond you, seek God for it. Lord, I don't understand it. How is it or what is it? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish I could put into words how real the message has become. I wish I could put into words that... that and it comes through and says, you know, when something rises in the earth, and, you know, there's been so many distractions. In Voice of God in these last days, there's some quotes I had out of this, but I won't read them all. But it says, the voice of Hollywood deadens the voice of God. Now, Hollywood, well, I'm not in Hollywood. Yeah, but Hollywood is streaming into this dimension. It's not just using these antennas with rabbit ears anymore. It's not just through cable TV anymore, but it's through YouTube, it's through social media. It's everywhere. You're not going to stop it. But you need enough Holy Ghost within you that says, I, I can't feed on that and really expect to move on with God. And, and, and that's not saying you don't. I'll go to it. I'll, I'll look at different things. I'll do that. But then there's sometimes just this little voice that, that's enough. And I say, you're right, Lord. And, and you know what? Sometimes th- there's another voice right at that time that says, but do it. And, and, and the flesh says, and if you're not there where you should be. But, and, and we've all failed. Uh, my hand's first. My hand's first. But I'll say this. The more you yield to it, the more God makes himself real. The more the book of Esther doesn't become just a story. The more the book of Ruth is not just history. It's where I am. It's where I am living. It's God making himself real. Where you recognize this messenger was the voice of God. This was God speaking. And you know what? I don't need to go and listen to all these other things. doesn't mean that they don't have good things. I'll pick up something here. I'll pick up something there. But that's not, I, I'm not looking at all of that as an absolute. 
I filter whatever is out there through this absolute. And, and I would say, I would just say, if I would be honest with all that we have in the message, and thank God for every gift and every minister, but you can listen to too much of that. And you yourself are saying, well, that church is preaching this, and that church is preaching, and that church is there. And, this, and there's an element of that that's good. That's, we're, allowed, we're permitted that. But we need to hear it ourselves. Even Brother Branham, the prophet, he says, God had to speak to him and said, you walk with too many. To need, you walk with me, you need to walk alone. And there's times we need to hear it ourselves. As ministers, you can have this this, this, this challenge, well, I just got to go and study. And so we're studying and we're listening and our intellect. But I'll tell you what, as much as you spend time studying, you need to spend time praying. Lord, I don't want just my words. I want what the Spirit has for us. I want, and, and I, my desire is for us as a church, let's give ourselves to what God has for us. I, I, and, I, and listen, there's a balance in all of these things. One of, the, one of the great messages, if you want to look at it, if it helps you, it's after the seals. If it helps you. It's called, Humble Thyself. And it says this, God will not come into an unholy, unrighteous, disobedient temple. We've got to cleanse our hearts from all guile and iniquity that we may be pure for God, that he might work his Holy Spirit through us. The Bible would say, how it talked in the book of Jude, I earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. How man of corrupt mind would come in and beguile us from the real thing of God. God can only operate as we let him operate. People want power. They don't know what power is. The way up is down. You want power? See how humble you can be. Listen, just listen to these next few sentences. Just get away from all your worldly thinking and humble yourself before God, and you've got more power than the man that runs all over the building and makes a lot of noise. I'm going to just share this. I'm not going to mention any names, but we had a meeting with the officers, and, and we were all talking, and we worked together as a church, and, and you know, we all give an opinion. We all say something. And, and after the meeting, I didn't realize I did this, but a brother said, he said, I wanted to say something, but you interrupted me two or three times, and it smote my heart. And I said, that man's got Christ in him. And I didn't allow that part of Christ to come out. And I went, and I apologized, and I went on my knees, and I said, Lord, let me not be so quick to speak my opinion, but let me allow God to move in our midst. And you know what? It's helped me. And I thank the brother for saying that and doing that. And I thank God that he gave me grace to humble myself for it, because there's power sometimes in remaining quiet, and not just spewing. There's power in saying, let Christ speak and be like Elihu. Okay, 
maybe now I, I should say something, or maybe I shouldn't even say anything. I, friends, do we really want to see God? Brother Brandon would say, he says, the, this church of God is like uh, a clock. You see the outside hands, but the mainspring is underneath. You don't see it. And here, listen to what Brother Brandon would say here. You get away from all your thinking, and you got more power than the man that runs over the building, makes a lot of noise, because you've been able to conquer yourself and commit yourself to Christ, humble yourself before him, that's really power. Oh. Hey, Abraham Lincoln said it real good. I would rather be quiet and thought a fool than to open my mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> Friends, do we, do we want to see the Lord? We want to see the Lord, don't we? Let me just jump ahead to one or two scriptures and we'll close. Go with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. I really went all over my notes here today, but Matthew 16. This, this is, again, what we've heard much with our natural ears, but I won't read all of this, but it starts in verse 13 down to 16. This is where Jesus comes and asks Disciples, who do men say that I am? Peter says, well, you know, the common, I took a poll, and the poll says some say you're John the Baptist, some say that you're Elijah, some say this. And then he turns to us, who do you say I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and he, now just look at, here's a human vessel, a fisherman, and he just so hit the jackpot. He said it, and, and Jesus said, blessed are you, for flesh and blood's not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he says, you're Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, Peter had yielded himself to where God could just come and revelation could speak through him. Now, we just read Ezekiel chapter 36. I will give you a new spirit, and then I'll put my Holy Spirit in. So sometimes we have a new spirit, but we still are in the flesh. Brother Branham would say, the devil cannot really work until he finds a vessel to work through. So he's harmless. He actually makes the word. He's harmless until he finds someone to work through. Did you know that the devil is going to be here in the millennium? But you know what? He's going to be bound. How is he bound? By a chain of circumstances. What? He's got nobody to work through. Can you imagine this? God, God allows the devil to be there in the millennium. But he's not going to work through us. Why? He can't. We'll be redeemed. <laughs> Listen, he's harmless until he finds someone to work through. So here's Peter. He hit the jackpot. He hit it this way. And now just a few verses down the road, Jesus says, now, listen, guys, I'm going to go down to Jerusalem. I've got to be killed. I've got to do such and such. And Peter immediately jumps up and said, no, Lord, they won't do this. And uh, from going to, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, to get behind me, Satan. What was it? Another spirit started working. I think we all know our own weaknesses. We all know what we're susceptible to doing. Some, 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 it's to get really angry. Other is to shirk into depression. Other it's, it, it, it's, it's to 
pride and knowledge and, and I, I'll show you what I got. But listen, none of those things amount to anything unless we submit them to Christ. Hear what the Spirit saith. So here Peter, he goes from one to the next. And, and he jumps back and forth and, and, he, and he goes into all of these things. If we're not careful, we do the same thing. Let me just come and close with one or two more things and then we'll stop. I think I've kind of covered the gist of it. Let me just say what Brother Branham would speak in Voice of God in these last days. The church is in the reason, the condition they're in because there's so many voices. They attract the church from the voice of God. It's a foreign thing. We got ourselves so much centered on the voices of the day. I want to just say, it's a hard thing because it deadens the voice of the supernatural. Paul would say, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Can you grieve the Holy Spirit? I've done it by something we say, something of ourselves. But the prophet would also say, we can live so close to God that the devil doesn't know what to do with us. I'd rather live in that place. I don't want to leave things left undone. I want to be honest. I want to be transparent. If, if there's a little feeling between my wife and I, I, I don't want to leave it undone. I, 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 I want it to be right. You say, Brother Ed, those things happen in your home? Yeah, they happen in your home. Remove the halo from your head and acknowledge the same thing. They happen in all our homes. Yeah. There's some wives that are going like this right now. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does happen. It happens between... Fathers and sons and, and mothers and daughters. And it happens between brothers and sisters. But you know what? Kill the devil. Humble yourself. I want God to move in our midst. I, I don't want to let, let things be hanging that the devil can cloud the service. You know, listen, let's have musicians come. I'll, I'll, I, it's 12 o'clock. I, I'm right on time. Listen, I don't want the devil to have little things between us. When we come to our meetings, I, I want to say, I'm setting myself that God can move in our midst. Not just that meeting, but every meeting before that. I, I want God to be here on Wednesday when Brother Tim Dodd comes. I want to be here next Sunday. I, I want him to be here in the future services. I want him to be there in my daily life. Hear what the Spirit saith. Don't, don't just be... Don't, don't use the message as, as a hammer or don't use it as a sword or don't use it as, as, as just a cloak. But get beneath it. Brother, I'm going to speak of the token. Get beneath it. Get in it. Get under it. And begin to apply it. Let's, let's, let's conquer. Let's defeat the devil. There we go. I, I believe that God would desire that. He says... The voice of God today, he says, the voice of politics, it all gets mixed up in churches at times. And the voice of politics is actually stronger than the voice of God. I'll tell you what, the voice of politics is stronger than it's ever been before. Listen, I hate, I hate to say it. Sometimes I've been guilty of majoring too much on politics. God help me. I, I, I don't want to be like that. We can speak about our brethren in the U.S. and say, well, I'm, I'm Republican or I'm I, I, I like to say it this way. You can be a Republican or a Democrat if you want. But they're both wrong. 
And then we sometimes revert, oh, Donald Trump's the answer. Donald Trump is not the answer. Christ is the answer. Amen. And our, our country's no better. But I, listen, let's not major on those things. Let's hear what God says. And I, when I see these things, you know, they, they've absolutely believed a lie. They're pushing their agenda. They're anointed to do what they're going to do. They're going to keep on doing it. And I say, I can't stop it. But I can control what comes into my home. I can control what comes into my thought pod. I will not allow myself to be a tool for those things. I'll say, let me rather be for a tool for Christ. Let's stand together. I got the gist of what I wanted to. Maybe not all the content, not all the notes, but that's okay. Lord, take these hands. I, I, I want to surrender. Let's just sing a chorus, a couple choruses. Take these hands, Lord. Make, make this about whatever God spoke to you today. Here's my spirit. Here's me, Lord. Use me in a greater way. I went to a service, and, and it was as simple as me sitting in the service. I'm not preaching. I'm not at the front praying with people in the altar. But I says, I'm just going to enter into worship that some young person might be further. I'm not going to deter the meeting. I'm going to enter in, and Lord, whatever you want to do. Ah, God's in control. Take these hands. Take these hands and lift them up. For I have not the strength to praise you near enough. For I have nothing.
open the door I will sup with him I'll commune with him I'll reveal myself to him I'll show something in the middle of Satan's Eden I will let you know even though Haman is present at our banquet feast the king is here and the king has a secret he knows he knows even though Haman just thinks he's persecuting the Jews. He doesn't know that, that Esther is a part of that. And the king has all the power. There's a link that Haman doesn't know anything about. Oh, friends, this is where we stand. The devil is all around. But in the midst of this, Psalms 23, I prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. We are at that place today. Oh, I, 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 I want to walk with him. I want to talk with him. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Let me walk with you, Jesus. You found me when I was so lonely. You found. 